Welcome to the Detroit Evening Report Weekends, where, unlike DER during the week, focused on the news of the day, we spend some time with the people and places that make Detroit special. Today, Madam Tia Graham is joining us. Hey, Tia. Hello. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> so Tia is not only one of our hosts on DER, but one of the hosts and producers of WDET's daily arts and culture program, Culture Shift. You also had a pretty cool honor recently I want to talk to you about. You are involved in a lot of events here at WDET, but you got to represent for the whole city. Oh, my gosh. The chills that went up my spine, just the idea of getting in front of maybe even just a few hundred people just completely was like mind boggling to me. But I did it. It was the tree lighting, was able to do the closing ceremony. And it was absolutely fantastic. It's an experience I will not soon forget. I mean, it was the 20th anniversary, so it was just like a really big celebration. And it was just a lot of fun. And just representing, like you said, the city of Detroit was just like, you know, being from Detroit on the stage in front of Detroiters. You know, just one of those things is like I didn't expect it, but yeah, it was great. It was great. And the tree lighting is such a huge event and it's a beautiful, festive event. And yeah. you did an amazing job. Well, thank so proud you. Of you. It was uh, like I said, it was just one of those experiences I will not soon forget. <laughs> Man. Well, I think it's just one stop on your way to ruling the world. Fingers crossed. <laughs> I'm telling you guys, I will make sure that everybody's taken care of. That's a fact. <laughs> All righty. I heard you. <laughs> So you're bringing us a story today I'm really excited about because I've been hearing so much about this. So tell us what you got. Little Liberia. So Little Liberia is owned and operated by Amina Marahaba, excuse me. And she is this fascinating individual. She moved here to the States when she was 16 years old. And, you know, she talks about her hardships and struggles trying to make it in a, you know, in a space, in a place that's so foreign and new. She didn't speak the language. She was providing for her family as a young woman. So she just talked about her experiences and how it helped her or create this pop-up and turn it into a thriving business is now going to be a brick-and-mortar stop on Woodward. So when I think about her story, I just think to myself, we can do it. We can do it. If we set our mind to it, honestly, and turn a need to a, 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 a thriving, successful outlet for ourselves, we can do it. And that's what she inspired me to continue to do stuff. Amina. Fabulous. Well, let's learn about Little Liberia. We didn't have a lot of job opportunities available to us when we got here. So I was pretty much looking for a way to take care of my family and a way to generate income. So that's how the idea of Little Liberia came about. I started going to different bars and restaurants downtown, asking them if they would let me, you know, sell a plate of food for cash. And that's how the pop-up started. I started selling food there every weekend. People were enjoying the food. They were coming back. They were buying from me all the time. So help me generate money to take care of my family and take care of my expenses. So really it was a necessity because of the lack of job opportunities I had as a new immigrant in a country I didn't know. Um, and also it was a way for me to share my culture one plate at a time as I did these events. So later on, when I did have the immigration status and I started working corporate America, I continued to do it even on the weekend. And last year, I decided to open a brick and mortar. So I started on the process. And now we're closer to getting that space. I'm going to the hustle it, it takes to actually get something like this going and keep it going. 
it takes a lot of drive and it takes a lot of motivation for sure. The fact that if you really didn't have any other option in this, whatever it is for you, if that's your only means of survival, you're going to do everything you can to make that work. And for me, that was what was driving me was finding a way to care for my family in every way that I possibly could and finding and kind of building that up upon my passion and having to generate income from it, but also do what I love. I had to have that drive and I had to have that motivation to to push me to stick to it. So yes, I do agree. The restaurant industry is hard and a lot of people try sometimes. Unfortunately, it doesn't work out because it takes it takes a lot of it takes a lot of commitment and a lot of hard work. So I'm a testament of that as I go through this process because I'm learning so much that I had no idea about and um, I'm just enjoying the journey uh, most importantly. The idea of fusing different foods from different cultures and different places and spaces and bringing them together. What are some of your influences? What are some of the places that you pull from to bring these 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 cuisines together? So for me, I was lucky enough to have been raised in both of my cultures. So I'm Lebanese and Liberian. And I lived in both Lebanon and Liberia. And I was able to learn the culture, learn the language, learn the food in both countries. And I'm bringing both of that with me to create something new at Little Liberia. And also it it is an Afrofusion. So we will have influences from other African countries as well on the menu and African Caribbean influences as well. So I'm using what I know, what my experience is, what uh, my culture is to represent everything that I can um, for at Little Liberia two different cultures and so many different cultures you just talked about blending together, whether it's a, a Lebanese and a Liberian com- Liberia coming together. But I often think mm-hmm. about, you know, you know, this learning for me and myself being African-American, learning mm-hmm. about different places and spaces throughout the continent of Africa. Um, what are way, what ways are you helping um, um, uh, bring in that, that education and, and, and letting people who are around or coming to eat know a little bit more about you and your culture? That's all. That's, something that's very important to me. I'm glad you brought that up because at Little Liberia, I plan to have an educational aspect of it through the culture, but in a way that you're not really focused on learning something, you're learning it without even knowing you're learning it. So like, for example, Liberia, we have different counties, right? Um, And each of the counties is a different tribe and each of that tribe contributes to the Liberian culture as a whole. So different menu items might be called the name of those different counties because each county have a specific dish. So, for instance, the the Gribble tribe in Liberia is known for palm butter, right? So if palm butter is on the menu, we might have a little snippet or a little information session of it that tells you, oh, this dish actually generated from this tribe called Gribble in Liberia. Um, now you're learning about the different tribe without even realizing it because you're just ordering a plate of food, but now you know the background behind it. So I plan to share things like that with the um, with the food menu, the bar menu, and then also have different forms of art and crafts that comes from my motherland um, to showcase Liberian culture. Talk about how your own personal experiences led you to create opportunities and spaces like the ones that you're creating now with the restaurant. Yes, one thing that I struggled with when I came into when I came to the United States was job opportunities. First of all, you you you're coming into a whole new 
continent. You know nothing about the country. You you don't have a large family here. So you're learning everything as you go, and everything seems brand new. So one thing that was hard for me as a young uh, a girl coming to this country, I was only 16 when I got here. Well, first thing, people think you're too young to give you the job. The second thing is you're an immigrant. Your language is not that good. The third thing is you don't have the immigration status to actually legally work at certain places. So I struggled with just finding opportunities. And that was like one of the hardest things because I was working extremely hard at anything that I was doing. But it was still hard to get opportunities that I wanted. It was still hard to get something good. So now I'm creating this space that can give people that were in my positions that are looking for great opportunities, give them the ability to to work, to grow, to create something that they can rely on. Um, and I want to create that space that I feel like I didn't have back then when I needed it. I want to create that for someone else and give them that platform that, you know, they can have the opportunity to generate income for them and their family. Just, just based on, you know, you came here when you were a 16 year old young woman, you stayed here for a little while, a little while you went home. What were some of the things that you learned while you were away for so long? A lot changed back home. And I noticed that when I went back, the things that I used to do when I was there, like as a young child, like those were not the things that I was interested in anymore. Right. Like those are not the places that I wanted to go anymore. I wanted to explore more. And one thing that I also noticed about myself when I went back after all these years is how interested I was in understanding my culture more than I did back then. So this time I was like going to the market and trying to figure out where, how they were distributing certain things or like where did some, some special seed that I had when I was a kid, like where did it actually come from? What is it actually called? Like you might have something that you eat or I've tried in the past that has like a native name, but you really don't know what it is. Like things like that. Like I was more interested in learning more about my culture and understanding it than I was when I was there back when I was a little girl. Um, So I think I explored more. I learned more about the country. I understood things that I had no idea about and it, I think it's going to only help me now as I as I create the brick and mortar. Going back to the brick and mortar, just give us a little bit more about it if you can. When will we expect any type of movement there when we can go sit down and eat some food? Yeah, so we signed our lease a couple months back. So we officially are going to be on Woodward Avenue. Um, we are planning on, we're, we're starting the construction early next year. So we're planning on opening mid to late summer of 2024. That was Amina Marhaba, the owner of Little Liberia, talking with our own Tia Graham. Tia, it's such a, as much as I've heard about Little Liberia, I actually didn't realize it was African fusion. That's really cool. I know. Uh, when I thought about Little Liberia, I mean, the first thing I thought about, of course, was African cuisine, but I didn't think of it as a stepping point or a bridge 
for, uh, I guess you can say Americans, just Americans, to enter into a new cuisine, whether it was African-American cuisine being kind of fused in with this Liberian uh, flair, or the same thing when you talk about different cuisines, even like uh, uh, Latin American cuisines kind of fused into this this vibe of, uh, of Liberia. So when I thought about that and I thought about the interesting aspects of her two countries that she actually represents, which is Liberia and Lebanon, I just thought about those two spices and those two cultures coming together and blended it in. And I said, my gosh, you have something on your hands. Well, clearly she has something on her hands, but it was just that 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 exciting idea that she has these different flavors coming together from so many different spaces and places. And she just pulled it together because of the things that was happening around her. So this is, this is an amazing concept. It's interesting to me, too, the that she's bringing in cuisines that, that we're very familiar with here, mm-hmm. like African Southern cuisines yeah. or, or Southern African-American cuisine yeah. and Lebanese cuisine, which yeah. is, um, you know, everybody all over the country is not familiar with that. But we know it here. Very well. And using those influences, too, to introduce us to something that is not as familiar for many of us, like Liberian cuf- uh, cuisine. African cuisine uh, broadly. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. It's also interesting when when we talk about Africa in the U.S., we talk about this massive continent in very homogenous and interchangeable ways when we know that there are not only many, 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 many countries, but then within each country, there are so many ethnicities. And so the idea of African fusion, it almost sounds endless. It it. it, it. I mean, I don't even know where to begin with that because it's, it's that was one of the things that we really did hit on in the conversation was this this idea that, you know, Africa is this one place. I mean, we, we kind of do the same thing with African-Americans here in the United States of America where it's like we're just this one group of people. Well, that's you know not the case. Clearly, we all have our own backgrounds and different, different upbringings and different things and whatnot. But this is idea that when we look at Africa, we forget that there are so many different places and spaces that people have either migrated from or had to leave due to different conflicts or whatnot and, and it started all over in a new space and place in Africa. I think about Nigeria who has so many different cultural groups, tribes, backgrounds all in that one space. And the same thing with Liberia. We I don't know if most people know the history of Liberia and its connection to the United States of America and some of the reasonings why it even exists today and there's still conflicts going on there. I'm not gonna get into that right now. However, just to know the the importance of the Liberian culture, what it means to the United States of America and further enslaved African Americans and what it means going forward, I think it's important that we touch base with the food and the culture there because a lot of our brothers and sisters and ancestors who left the United States of America or shipped away during the enslave during slavery and sent over to Liberia, a lot of that cultural uh, uh, diversity, a lot of that cultural background there comes from the United States of America, but it also births its own cultural footprint there in Liberia when it was when everyone was kind of thrown in this mixing pot there. So to have her food represented, it almost puts in my brain as if it's already a, a, a fusion food because of the history of Liberia connected to the United States of America with the people that were sent on over. So I just kind of think of that fusion already kind of existing there, and you know, without most of us even knowing, and then her coming and taking it a step further and bringing it here to the city. So, you know, I just, it's so many, I can keep going with that, but there's just so many different ways I think about the Liberians, the, uh, the country Liberia, and just the, 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 
the, the, the culture that's coming out of it after everything that's been happening there has happened there. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I never really thought about that, of that, that Liberian food would be a fusion anyway because of its founding. And that then extends to the whole continent of Africa with the, the history of colonization yeah. and cultural immersion. And, you know, we know that there are parts of Africa that um, were colonized by the French and parts that were colonized by the Portuguese and parts that are colonized by the Dutch. And so that African food is a fusion, um, not only of different African cultures, but all of those European influences that came with colonialism and slavery and so on. That's really interesting. Uh, it makes me both sad and hungry. <laughs> that was like my a... takeaway, too. I was just thinking about it, and I just was really sitting down thinking about Liberia, and I just said, you know, every time I think about Liberia, I just think of the unfortunate situation of having people already there in that space before it was called Liberia, and then having f- you know, f- f- former Africans, enslaved Africans being sent back to a country after, what, two, three hundred years of being in the United States of America, and then they have to start over again. And, you know, just thinking about all that struggle and strife that came out of that, but then the beauty that also came out of it, which would be music and food and culture and, 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 and companionship and all those fun things and great things that came out of it. But it did start off with a little bit of struggle and strife, and that's... um. It just always interests me to, 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 to think about that. So when I thought about Little Liberia, I thought about just the idea of just having that that internal struggle already built in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So with this brick and mortar, she's moving into a, a space where there are African restaurants and, and thinking about the whole idea of fusion, I think they both use very inclusive words to describe the you know, ethnic and regional origins of their food. But Yum Village would be across the street and Boabab Fair would be across the streets. We're almost creating, you know, with the addition of Little Liberia, kind of Little Africa just in that block about time. No, I mean, honestly, I just remember growing up in the city and I used to, I was asked, like, where is like African town or like, where is that space and place? Because I knew and I grew up with a lot of people who were from Africa, like literally from Nigeria or even like uh, Ethiopia. So I was wondering, like, where would, you know, a, a space and place be in our community, in our space in the city of Detroit where there would be? And I think there was one at one point. Mm. I don't know. I'm going to have to do research. It'll be a great curiosity. But I think there was one at one point, and it kind of just tapered away, faded away. But to see this happening right now, especially in New Center that's growing and expanding, and, and, and a lot of money is being poured into New Center right now, for them to have this space and to have it being, you know, own spaces, I mean— we the future is pretty much endless for that for that little corner right now in terms of becoming its own African uh, community. That'd be amazing. So I did this thing. Um, I I did a matrilineal DNA test yeah, to yeah, find yeah. Uh, the African ethnicity of uh, my mom's lineage. I can't do the boys. Got to talk the boys into it to do the my dad's lineage. Yeah, the paternal, yeah. And learned just I've just learned, and I'm so excited, and I had to figure out what to do with this information. I just learned that um, her ancestors are from Cameroon. Nice, and it's super exciting. So I'm ready to see some Cameroonian food represented nice. in Detroit. It's but it's funny too how just that knowledge instantly improved my geographic understanding of Africa. I was like, now I can find it. 
like that exactly because you know that's that's literally where my ancestors are from that's where they came from so that's an amazing uh discovery and and that little bit of extra knowledge too just helps you kind of get a better understanding of who you are and who your family are where you came from cameroon that's special it's fun yeah learning that i need to i need to do that too i need to figure it out it was really cool yeah it was a little investment but you know i don't know (laughs) but it's so worth it just to kind of get an understanding i mean the admixture of the African Americans are—it's very unique, and it's, it's like its own thing. So uh, I would love to see that. Yeah, yeah, it really is. So um, I just also want to uh, put into the universe my vote yes on cooking classes. I would absolutely go to Little Liberia for cooking classes, and I'm saying this having not—I've never had the chance to catch up to this pop up. Me neither. Me neither. So there excited. are certain pop ups. Especially this one where it's just like, okay, I'm going to go. And then I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm too late. I made it too late. But there are some special pop-ups that are going to be working uh, coming up soon, which I'm really excited about because I've been wanting to go to the Schwitz. Oh yeah, they're gonna be having. She's gonna be having a pop up at the Schwitz. It's gonna be December seventeenth. Is the next one, and that's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm hoping. I mean, I know it is. It's food and and and, and spa. So gonna be a lot of fun and um but yeah i haven't been able to catch up to the food yet so i'm hoping i can get a chance to eat it but but no matter what a brick and mortar is coming next year so we're gonna have time to sit down and eat it it's true and it's pretty much in our neighborhoods so right down the street right down the street we can hop on a scooter i know right i need a helmet for that though yeah i'm not gonna hop on a scooter no at least i'm not gonna commit to right now you catch me in the right mood we might get that done i love how we're like yeah let's get a scooter no let's not yeah let's not do that That's not. We can hop on the queue line. Definitely, we can hop on the queue line and get there in minutes. I know. That'd be perfect. I won't say anything negative about the queue line. We can try to hop on the queue line. (laughs) We can just leave it as crickets. Like, we can walk. (laughs) Or we could walk on a nice day. We could walk. Wouldn't do it on a day like today or any winter day. But I would definitely do it. Well, we are very excited, speaking for both of us, I'm very excited about the opening of Little Liberia in our neighborhood next year. Thank you so much for bringing us this discussion, Tia. You're welcome. You're welcome. No, this is a great conversation, and I I honestly hope that we can all set up some time, DER team, to go to Little Liberia once it opens up. We definitely should. Absolutely. I'm down. (laughs) (laughs) And thank you, dear listener, for joining us for the Detroit Evening Report weekends, where we spend some time with the people and places that make Detroit special. If there's someone, something, or some place you think we should know about, please drop us a line at the Detroit Evening Report at W. WDET.org. We'll see you Monday.